you're now listening to the one and the only podcast made by business owners for business owners to help you create more media, generate more traffic and sales using digital marketing with your host, Yousef Elias. All right, man. What's up, man? How you doing? We have Jared Curry. Did I say your name right? Yeah, you, yes, you did. All right, man. Cool. Jared, how are you, man? How's your day going? I'm doing great. Busy day, pack schedule, sales calls, training, just uh, taking it to the next level. Nice, man. I like your background. You have a whole background behind you with your agency name and everything. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Got it from uh, one of my mentors, uh, Joel Kaplan, uh, got me to get this. So I nice. love it. It's, uh, nice. Really man. helpful. <laughs> nice, man. I know Joel. I, I was uh, in their master class as well. Oh, really? Yeah, Joel Kaplan, he's, he's the best. Yeah, he's the, the four-hour master class. It was crazy. I actually yeah. implemented a lot of these things, and uh, we've been getting a lot of booked appointments as well. Yeah. Um, I actually closed an e-commerce store um, really? before our call for like 4K. Um, I, hope I, you got a, I, I hope you got a performance fee out of that, some type of percentage. So I, we didn't do performance fee, but... Um, mm. Our setup was like two 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 hundred two thousand five hundred, and then we do the ads with the rest. Um, do, I dude, I'm am t- telling you, we do the retainer plus the plus the performance, the ROAS deal. Mm-hmm. We make more money from the ROAS deal than we do the retainer. Okay, so yeah. so so re- okay, so you guys do a return on investment kind of deal with them, like a percentage re- return on there. We do ten percent plus a retainer. Oh, uh, okay. And you guys are sharing, I think it's like 3K, huh? Or two, I think. Oh, retainers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 3K. And then 10% on top of that. Nice, nice, nice. Cool, cool. So tell me, like, how long have you been in this uh, agency space, man? Yeah, wow. It's been, um, it's been about two years now, uh, actually. Oh. Going on two. Oh, so you're, you're kind of seasoned in the game, too. Yeah, it's... Wow. it's it's been a journey, you know, going through everything from clients <laughs> saying they hate us to, you know, get, changing people's lives. It's, uh, it's been a roller coaster and uh, still experiencing it to this day, but I love it. I, um, it's, uh, I can't get away from it. I'm addicted. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man, I mean, and that's, that's what happens when you start getting attention. Like, you're going to get some haters at some point. Oh, you of know? course. And uh, not every client product is just, is not, not every client product is going to sell, you know, even though no matter how attached they are to the company and the brand, sometimes the product just doesn't sell, you know? So there'll always be these kind of people in the agency space. So how do you deal with that? How do you deal when somebody is just like very picky, unhappy, always on you? Like, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. So um, we take a, really unique approach um, to that. I've always been raised up on great customer service, not even customer service, customer experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the moment they sign on to, you know, through that entire month of them working with us or months after, you know, signing on, we try to create an enjoyable experience. We send them gifts. So on our onboarding form, we actually know their hobbies. We know their birthdays our account managers are trained to ask them questions about their family so that, 
you know, if their son likes the Yankees and we know that the Yankees are going to be in town, we're going to send them Yankee tickets. If they're mad at us, we're going to know how to fix that problem because we're going to send them a gift. Now, if a gift doesn't work, then we just messed up and there's nothing we can do about it. Thank God we don't have too many issues like that. But um, most of the time, it's uh, we're getting our clients amazing results, so we don't really have to worry about it too much. Then it's just right. about, you know, over-delivering. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, so client retention, you guys focus on that as well. And, uh, you know, you get all this personal information from them, like, for example, their birthdays and stuff. And if you can, rem if you can remember these things, I mean, clients stay with you a lot long longer, you know? Um, and they complain less, you know, because exactly. they, they feel like you, you're, you're their friend, you know, in, in a way. Exactly. Um, yep. So, so how do you like, so at some point, like you were doing, let's say, for example, you were doing 5k a month. How did you like break that wall? Like, how did you start doing a lot more clients and scale up, even though you're like, oh, okay, I'm making too much money. Um, I, I could be chilling right now on the beach somewhere, but how do you keep going? Yeah. So to answer, you know, the first part that you said when I was at 5k, how did I get to that next level? Um, appointments, appointments, mm. appointments, appointments. And once I mastered the art, it wasn't just appointments, but I had a great offer. Um, so once I started racking those appointments, it's pretty easy uh, to get to that next level and staying in the game. It's a, it's a problem I'm having now because I still have to deal with the daily day-to-day -day operations. Um, it, it, it's, it's not fun sometimes it's stressful, but, uh, our goal right now for our agency is to get to that seven figure mark. Once we get to the seven figure mark, I might, you know, turn it over to my team, which they're highly capable right now of managing it. They're great. I think I got lucky. I didn't just find a team. I found a family and mm -hmm. they kill it. Like, uh, my team would probably do a better job managing it than I would. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, I mean, that brings me to my next question. And that's, I think that's, that's something I'm struggling with at the moment is how do you get a great team together? What do you look for them at? Yeah. Um, so here's number one, people are attracted to those who are going to do great things, to companies that are going to do great things, change the world, change people's lives and make an impact. People don't wanna just be an employee, they wanna be a part of something. And when you can show them that they are a part of your organization, an organization that is here to really change the lives of business owners, your team is going to do whatever it takes to succeed. That's number one. Number two, give your team ownership. Um, we're really big on like incentives. So I do profit sharing. So they own a part of the business. If the business doesn't do well, they don't do well. If the business does well, they do amazing. So it's as simple as that. And it gives them a sense of ownership and it gives them a reason to continue to succeed. Not just uh, making 4k a month. I don't have to do any extra work. I can kind of slack off. No, my team knows every day that we need to give it 110% or else we will not succeed. And if we don't succeed, they don't succeed. And if I don't, you know, it's just, it's not what we want. So yeah, to answer yeah, your question. Yeah. So, so how many, how many people do you have on your team right now? Eight, eight employees in total or eight team members in total. Um, two of them are part-time though. Okay. 
And for the for the part for the full timers, do they work hourly or how does that work? They're full timers are on salary basis. Full timers on salary, okay. So there's no like punch cards, no time proof. You're not time proof in their work or anything like that. <clears throat> Hello. Can you hear me? Uh, I, I I think we lost connection for a little bit. So I, what I was saying is, do you use any like time proof softwares or something to kind of keep track of hours worked or project management or how do you keep track no, of what's going even on? Even even the part time people are an hourly. My part time people they are just it's the either per client basis or yeah it's actually just a per client basis for the part timers. Um, so at the end of the day, as long as the job gets done by the deadline, we don't care. Okay. I don't care how many hours it takes them. As long as our job is getting done and they're doing a good job, that's all I mind. I, I don't think, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of the hourly, uh, wage. Yeah. 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 Same here. Same here. So, uh, and you obviously, you know, have Shopify experts, you have people that do the ads, people that create the content, um, and all that stuff, right? Everyone is in place to do their own part, right? Yes. Um, everyone has a place and everyone's an expert at what they're doing. Um, because to be honest, I suck at the ads. I suck at copywriting, in my opinion. Um, I cannot stand clients who constantly complain for no reason. So I don't do the account management. I'm really good at looking into the future and figuring out how we're going to get from point A to point B. So that's where I stay. I stay in my role. And if my, my CMO who's in charge of all the media buying and is in charge of our copywriter, um, if he says we need to do this, I trust him and I just let him do it. I let him stay in his role and he's in charge of that. And he tells me what we need to do. I don't tell him what we need to do because you know, if I'm going to pay someone who's smarter than me, why would I tell them what to do that? To do, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So how do you get this role thing figured out? Like how do you just sit down and you're like, all right, I'm going to be doing this. I need somebody to manage the accounts. I need somebody to make me appointments and you just write them down and you start looking for these people. So is that kind of the process or how do you go about that? <laughs> so it's a, it's a situational basis, you know, when I realized that I needed to get more appointments and I knew how to get it with a system, I did not want to go out there spending literally eight hours a day getting appointments when I could be doing other stuff. So I hired an appointment setter. Uh, when I realized that I couldn't run the ads for e-commerce stores, I hired someone who knows how to run ads for e-commerce. So it's a situational thing. So you have to be self-aware and know where are my strengths, where are my weaknesses? Okay, this situation came up. I know someone's going to have to do it. I don't think I should do it. So I'm going to find someone. Hmm. And I find someone and sometimes I get lucky and I find someone amazing. Mm -hmm. Other times, which is happening right now, uh, I found someone who's not the best. Yeah. But, you know, eventually we'll... Uh, you know, those people will get fizzled out and you'll find, you know, it's, it's like the uh, frog in the, in the princess, you know, you have to keep uh, kissing, kissing the frog until you find your prince. Princess. Yeah. So does the 80, 20 rule apply to this situation? Do 80, 80% of the people really just suck. And then the 20% are usually the good people or what? For me? No, 
<laughs> for, me, for me, eight, that's how it is. Because everybody I've been hiring lately is just complete shit. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but some, you, but one, one or two were, are actually really on it, you know, and they have actually closed some appointments already. So, but oh. like for the most part, they're like appointment makers and appointment setters. Um, I had 30 people join the sales process that I've put together for them to understand. And it's just, they're not working. They're not doing anything. Yeah. So um, I've actually hired, uh, most of the people I've brought on their team members. They're amazing. Absolutely mm. phenomenal. Um, now I try to also bring on entrepreneurs. Mm. <laughs> Sounds crazy, but I, I try to bring on people who are either entrepreneurs. They didn't feel like running their business by themselves, which my best team members, that that's them. Um, they didn't want to be a solopreneur. They wanted to be a part of something bigger than themselves. They didn't want to just be a freelancer. Um, those have been my best hires uh, because they get it. They treat the business like it's their own and mm -hmm. they take ownership. Nice, nice. So I, I know you mentioned like profit sharing and you give them kind of like, you make, give them ownership. How do you do that? Do you have some kind of software? Do you have an HR manager? How do you coordinate all that stuff? Yeah, so we do it at the end of the year, actually. I mean, I always give bonuses. But um, at the end of the year, uh, so January, Christmas time, basically, it's kind of like a Christmas bonus plus, but it's really just the profit shares. Um, that's why we charge our performance fee. Um, so they get a percentage of that performance fee. So, for example, one client, her, we made her a hundred and. 30,000. I think we spent like $30,000 in ads. So minus that from the 130, that means we get $10,000. Um, let's say we do that every month. We're probably going to make them more money month after month after month. But let's say we just keep it consistent, make them 10,000. That's $120,000 a year. I'm going to split that amongst my team mm. for that just, one, that, that, well, just one client. So if we add all the clients together, that adds up. Um, so I'm constantly splitting that amongst my team. Um, so that they have ownership in that. And then in addition to that, it's going to get the client better results because mm. if we are doing a performance fee, my media team, they're going to do their best to get the best results. Cause then they make more money anyways. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I see that. And do you write, do you write that off somehow or? Yeah. Uh, okay. that's definitely my CPA has a way of doing that, but, um, yeah, yeah. like yeah. this is, this is, we, we didn't do it in 2019. So um but 2020 my cpa will be able to to do that okay cool cool so when you start scaling up and you start making like a ton of money um uh, how do you keep up like with your taxes do you do you keep money aside <laughs> for your taxes do you like what, what do you do with that because i my cpa told me to do and we've been doing this for three years i've been running my agency for about six years now um for three years we were declaring as we were basically losing money mm -hmm. and uh, we were, we weren't necessarily losing money, but everything that was coming in also was being reinvested in, into the company. Yep. So the IRS put us in this category of a hobby business. So mm. according to my understanding, my CPA told me that we don't have to pay taxes ever again, because our business is now in a category of a hobby business. So do you know anything about that? Are you familiar? Because that's what we're on. I don't know if we're doing the right thing. Yeah, well, 
what uh, our understanding is that we're able to actually be entitled. And of course, you know, consult to your, uh, what your CPA or your to- lawyer, don't take my word for it. But uh, my CPA gave us the impression that we are actually entitled to a loss for the first five years. Um, so we're doing our best to show losses because um, I don't plan on selling the company. So I don't care yeah, um, me neither. what our finances look like. Um, but uh, we're entitled to a loss for the first five years. Um, and we're doing the same thing. We re- I'm reinvesting as much as possible back into my team. Back Ad spend is huge. I'm, inv- I'm trying to invest as much yeah. ad spend as possible for my own agency mm-hmm. um, to get more clients, stuff like that. So yeah, uh, constantly investing. So if I'm, not, if I'm investing everything back, I'm not making any money. I can't pay tax if I didn't make any money. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I would like write off a lot of stuff. Like I would travel for, and just because, and then I would just write it off as a business trip. You exactly. know? So, I mean, that's what I did for the first three years. Yeah. Um, so what I've been also having an issue with is we are, we're, our company does really good in lead generation. We do lead generation for mortgage brokers, insurance agents, and so on. But we keep getting calls and clicks on Google, and I don't know where they find us. Some people find me on, on my YouTube videos or whatever. And these people are like e-commerce and they're like other niches that really want us to do their marketing. Do you turn people down that are not in your niche or do you refer them out or, or do you just take them on? So yeah, we only take people on that are in our niche. Mm. Uh, I won't, I got a referral today for someone who, owns a big restaurant. I won't, I know I could charge him probably three, I could definitely sell him on $3,000 a month. He was a warm lead. I'm not going to do that because I don't want him. I definitely don't want to work with a restaurant. Um, if it's a simple legion client, it depends. If, the, if, if I can figure out how to systemize it, um, which I already have a media buyer in place who I can pay per client um, for just legion, then um, for, for a client like that, it might just make sense to take him on. I can just give him one of my normal account managers. But it's, it's definitely situational, you know. If it's an easy, you know, set-up job, I'll take it on, you know, just to make some nice passive income. If not, I'm not going to deal with the stress and I'll pass him on to someone else. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, I don't want to take much of your time, man. Um, that, that was very informative. Um, I love what you just told me. I think I got some information out of it. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, do you have anything you can share with me? Like last words, anything like that? Appointments, get appointments, run paid ads, boom. Appointments, run paid ads and offer to create a better offer, you know, create, have an irresistible offer. Yeah. Right? A killer offer. Exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Um, Keep killing it, man. I want to interview you one day and, you know, maybe we're on a, an, on a rooftop somewhere on a mansion, penthouse or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Take care. I appreciate you. Bro.